Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm your host, Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which happen to be correct. This week, we have Madison Wayne, the fantastic Canadian female vocalist who just recently put out a record called Save Our Hearts. And it's amazing, shoegazing with some underlying rockabilly, just all around fantastic music. And I'm happy to share it with you. So uh, we also tried a new way of recording this week, which I think sounded fantastic. Uh, If you like the way this sounded, let me know. Send me an email. So let's all sit back and do the sticky jazz. Here's One Shot by Madison Wayne. Jeremy Hanks, and on this week with some uh, new attempting to record here, I have, uh, well, I'll just, Madison Wayne, if I pronounce it correctly, which, go ahead. Okay, so (laughs) um, 
seeing as I so Madison is from uh, well, why don't you you say where you are somewhere on the map up in the frozen north? <laughs> yeah, so we're uh, we're in a little town called Beaton, about an hour north of Toronto in Ontario. And you're just under sheets and sheets and mountains of snow. We which, are uh, obviously, it's, yeah. It's gorgeous. I'm loving it. Yeah. So, um, uh, and we had talked earlier. I I'm an honorary Canadian. I did my time up in the Great White <laughs> North in uh, Montreal, which is like you said, your favorite city. It um, is absolutely. There's and, something magical uh, there. There it is. It's like old France, like yeah. what France. Well, in a lot of ways, it looked like old France. What France would have looked like, um, probably uh, a few hundred years ago. And you're at the the dialect they speak and accent is also identical to what they spoke three to four hundred years ago <laughs> up there. Uh, the, the the closest you're going to get to Montreal, I guess, in the states would be like to go to Pittsburgh because that was the very edge of the French corridor. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so that was the edge of the French corridor. Actually, a uh, little-known piece of history, George Washington started the uh, French and Indian War right there just outside of Pittsburgh, a landing just on the other side of the hill uh, that you know went into that valley there. So uh, wow. there's a nice little spot. It says, George Washington got his ass kicked right here and started the <laughs> French and Indian War. So, oh, no uh, way. Yeah, which which yeah, so that was where where that area was in dispute with the the Canadas they used to call it. So right, yeah. there you go, a, a piece <laughs> of useless history there. Um, so uh, Madison, new album, fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you so so much. I appreciate and that. I again, so I get like uh, most of the listeners know, I go through a, I get about. Um, I don't know, like I said, probably 30 albums a week. And if I'm, if, if I'm lucky, I get to them. Yeah. And if I'm even luckier, I get to listen to the whole thing. And that's where, uh, I, I usually will give the, I, I, I try and give everything at least once through, but yours went, uh, it just went on and then okay uh, song two and then by about song three i was in love with it so um, uh. that was a quick kick like i said earlier no you were talking earlier you you have this like sound of 20 awesome things from 20 different bands that i can't quite pinpoint one specific band you just have all this in there so yeah, we're gonna yeah. be talking about your influences there i know you got some go-go's in there oh yeah uh and and a little bit of the old surf rock not like the surf punks because yeah. those guys weren't even surf but uh so you got some surf rock in there yeah uh what else what else and who else to uh, you know? let your fire there um, you know, Jesus and Mary Chain is uh, a big influence for me. Um, I would say I had a New Order record on my record player for about two years that I just listened to nonstop. Okay, um, pause button. Yeah. Which one was it? Which uh, one? Technique. Oh, damn. No. And try <laughs> uh, again. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just the one that I had. <laughs> but, so... uh, but, but, I, but I love it. Well, my, my New Order collection, actually, I was talking to Barry from Shriekback last week, and I said, Yes, I listened. Is, is, about, is a couple inches thick. It's five inches thick. I was like, crap, I was totally off on that. My New Order collection is about probably 10 to 12 inches thick. Wow. Uh, second only to my U2 and Echo and the Bunnymen, which are 
Yeah, I've got just way too many records here. So no, <laughs> the, the the correct answer to the New Order record on your record player was supposed to be Low Life from yes. 1985. So um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry but, about that. <laughs> yeah, so no, the, the Mary Chain. Yeah, so they were like that. The the shoegazing boys from Glasgow, mm-hmm. fabulous. And uh, I I remember seeing them once and. Um, uh, I know, turning us all about me. I went and saw them, and, and I was talking to the sound guy, and I said, so where are you guys from? He said, oh, we're from Glasgow. I was like, yes, Glasgow. I have an affinity to Glasgow being hmm. the, you know, that that's where a lot of my Scottish uh, heritage is from, is oh. that area. And then um, years and years later, uh, I'm talking to my, my, my I, this guy's turned into my best friend. He's from East Kilbride. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. I went to school with their little sister, Linda. I'm like, wait, you what? I said, yeah. I said, but I said, he said, no, yeah, they're from East Kilbride. I'm like, no, they're not. They're from Glasgow. And he says, no, they're from East Kilbride. I'm like, no, they're from Glasgow. And he says, look, being from East Kilbride. I think I would know. And saying you're from Glasgow is like being from Murray and Murray, Utah, and saying you're from Salt Lake. Okay. It's a suburb. And I said, but they're from Glasgow. You know, I couldn't get past that. And so that was where the, the whole conversation went. Oh, it was brilliant. I loved those guys. No, the Mary Chain. Um, do you like the Darling Buds? Because yeah, I heard a lot of the Buds in there, too. You know what? So funny enough, uh, someone just, ta- uh, Tank Boy, tweeted about the Darling Buds and my record today. Uh, so five minutes before you texted me, I was just about to rip into it because they said in the article, I bet she's never even heard of these guys. So I have, have not. I haven't. Okay. But... So you got double whammy today. You got, you got hit from two sides to get <laughs> I, into I the, did. the curling buds. I'm looking forward uh, to uh, digging in. So yeah, they're, they're like your shoegazing with a bit, but like you, you have a bit of that, like yeah. it's not the dark dreary you know, stoic shoegazing that's in there. It's it's fun. It's yeah. got a good pop. You know, like their song "Shame on You" was just a kick, man. Oh, I can't you know, wait. You want to go? But then they did like <laughs> what "Long Day in the Universe" and all this. I mean, they're just an amazing band. And my fave song by them is called "If." So okay. when you dive in, that's a, that's the last song on the album "Erotica." So Ooh, excellent. Um, uh, there's let's see another great shoegazing act, Ringo Death Star. I don't know if you know them. No. Um, I'm gonna write. God, well, you're, I'm lining you up. Oh yeah, Ringo yeah. Death Star are. <laughs> They are, they're, they're a female version, shoegazing. You can tell they did a lot of acid. I'm talking <laughs> Mondo, Mondo acid. Okay. Oh, I did um, in my time too. <laughs> yeah, no, I never, I, no, I, I was, me never did drugs. I'm the straight, I was the straight laced Mormon kid who was completely off the fringe Mormon, but I never did drugs. So. Oh. Good for you. Um, I, I had enough weird going on in my life. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so let's see. And who's the other one? Oh, yeah. There's another. I'm going to be interviewing these guys. They're called them. Um, they were called shoegazing. I don't know if I would say them. They're that, but they were called the primitive radio gods. They did that. Oh. They're, they're only known for the one song in that movie, Cable Guy, standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. Okay. Um. And if you've heard it, you know it. Yeah. And everybody needs to know more than that song by the Primitive Radio Gods because their their work is outstanding. Hmm. But they fall into the shoegazing 
vibe, but without the stoic vocals, oh, you know, okay. they actually, yeah. and I'm like, man, people got to really get into these bands, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, there's so many um, fantastic bands out there. It's never ending. Oh yeah. So, and, and I, like, again, man, I can't believe, well, I can believe I've never heard of you until now because <laughs> you hadn't put anything out yet. No, so I'm brand new. <laughs> You're brand new. So, how long have you been in the in the self torture world of making music, <laughs> hoping that it reaches somebody's soul? Oh my goodness! Um, I probably started writing songs when I was fourteen in my bedroom. I learned how to play guitar on my mom's uh, on her classical. Uh -huh. um, but I'm super, super, super shy, so I probably didn't share my first song until I was about 24 years old. Shoegazing on a classical guitar—that's <laughs> that's a way to do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, I had a couple of you know bands when I had my store, The Mad Gypsy, on Ronson's Fails. Uh, so I guess I've been at it for really about 20 years now. Okay. Um, yep, but uh, it was always just a hobby. And uh, I decided to close down my store and pursue music because I realized that I'd never actually, you know, kind of put all my eggs in one basket and gone after one thing. I've always torn mm -hmm. myself in a million different directions because I have so many interests and it paid off. Within two years, I, you know, was able to write these songs and <laughs> record it and mix it and master it and put it out there. Well, it is a fabulous album. It really is. Oh, thank um, you. So, and the, the album is called Save Our Hearts, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And for, for a first effort, it is equal to when you two dropped Boy. Wow. Um, it's it's that good of, a, of an album, wow. I have to say, where <laughs> I heard it, it was just like floored. There wow. are not many albums that by a band that like the, their first one that comes out is just that spectacular <laughs> wow and, and you actually won that i mean like like <laughs> echo you. and the bunnyman did crocodiles which was also just yeah like that and joy divisions unknown oh, pleasures yeah. which so um, nothing like you by the way you know but um <laughs> so and the velvet underground of course oh. but they're gods they're yeah gods yeah yeah they're gods. a definite definite influence yeah so, oh yeah, if you if you were to say who the Velvet Underground, well, I'd I'd uh, I'd have just terminated this call, this conversation right now. <laughs> so, because Lou Reed is the god of rock and roll, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, actually, uh, going on to that very subject here, I'm uh, let's see, where are my questions here? I'd be on this one. No, wrong page. <laughs> I, I, I have like, I'm like you, I have too many things going on all at once. <laughs> if you're to see my office, I have like five computer screens oh, I love and it. three different computers running and all of that, but it's called ADHD. So, <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, let's see, where was the one? Okay. So, uh, when the morning comes, hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Um, so Lou Reed's the god of rock and roll. That is a proven scientific fact that will stand <laughs> up in any court. And uh, this, the album Magic and Loss, I don't know if you've heard that one, mm. but you had a lot of the same guitar work in there. Yeah. And it was about watching. So he had two friends die of cancer between two Aprils. So the album caption is, between two Aprils, I lost two friends. Between two Aprils, magic and loss. Wow. And 
they've got songs about watching him die very slowly. There's all this cathartic business. There's um, his friend being cremated, you know, all this in there. And a goodbye mass and, and dying slowly. And I mean, you nailed it with that song. You, you like caught <laughs> that whole album in there. Oh, that's with, amazing. <laughs> with, with your guitar work and the, uh, I, and I know you probably weren't setting out to do that with your guitar work, but. Actually, I did keys on that one and um, I owe that well, to yeah, James. Well, yeah, going back to that. So the guitar was like Magic and Lost yes. and the vibe was, and then the whole keys, the whole organ in the background yeah. was like. Wow, she like took the whole album and squeezed it into one song. So uh, now that we got through all that morbid there, really, if, if you want to write that up, but what was uh, what was that song about? What, I mean, beautiful work. Oh, right thank you. Um, yeah, That's think... my fave. Actually, I had to keep going back to that one. Really? Like, yeah, you know? if, if there's one that I went back to like four times, wow. uh, like, okay, yeah, I got to do that one. That oh. flowed to the top of the list. Oh, so. I love hearing that. The, uh, there's a couple of band members that uh, didn't even want that one on the record. Um, I absolutely love it. I wrote it when I was feeling pretty uh, heartbroken and uh, it's actually a pretty personal song. But basically it's about almost screwing up, you know, a relationship with one of uh, the most important people in your life. But not. <laughs> in a nutshell. But no death and cremation and watching them. No, off no, no, and, you no, know, it, nothing like that. It's funny because everybody takes uh, something different from the songs, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of people actually thought I wrote that song about my brother, um, who actually committed suicide and was cremated, as you're talking about. Oh, that's so terrible. yeah, sorry to, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's uh, wow. okay. I've had uh, I've had quite the life, um, and I I do have to admit that when I'm writing songs, I often have no idea what I'm writing about, and you know something that I just let flow through me and um, really uh, you know the song probably could be about a lot of things that I am not consciously thinking that they are actually about so I think that in my writing a lot of my past comes through in a way that I might not be admitting I'm going to be really really honest Oh, so you're you're saying there's something here I just might not be able to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm gonna write a song about it instead. Is that what this is? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, well. There was a uh, a song where the guy wrote this, and and it was like everybody thought because of the title it was about something else. Yep because of the word in the title. And I'm going to yeah. say what it is because it's a surprise and everyone's got to go find this one. But um, he, he, he gave the line of all this other stuff going on and then the one line came home pushed and full of pins. And earlier in the song, he says, I don't believe that I believed in you. And anybody oh. wants to find what those are, uh, everyone thinks that the song was about this one thing because of the title. And I was like, guys, listen to it, man. It's about his heroin dealer. And I'm like, is is he being so, so, uh, I don't know, ballsy would be the term to tell the world he had a heroin problem, right? (laughs) Wow. So, um, but I I, I sat down with another guy who had uh, been through heroin recovery. I said, what is this about? He's like, oh man, that is it right there, man. He's, you know. So I, I like to think I'm pretty perceptive if the worst of my addictions has been coffee and Mountain Dew and rock stars. But, um, 
So, and, and I actually, yeah, I'll, I'll point out. You're, are you trying to, to not say oot as much, or, or is that just you're, you're easily letting your American side of your island? <laughs> I'm definitely right? letting my American side. <laughs> uh. So, um, <laughs> So, no, that was pretty funny talking about all that earlier today. So, um, let's see. So, uh, I, I, I like this. So, wait, do you know the guy Jeremy Dutcher, by the way? Do you know who that guy is? I do know who he is. I'm not that familiar with his music, but I know the name, and I'm sure okay. I know his tunes, right? Well, well no, you, you might not. So, he sings in his native. He's a first American. Yes, such as yes, you know. yes. I do know who he is. Yes. And... And and he when I interviewed him, it was funny because like I was, uh, I I also write for an LGBTQ magazine. Yeah, yeah and, amazing. Uh, and I was so the interview was from one Jeremy to another, right? Yeah. And um, I just said, look, because because his culture calls it the the uh, the third gender. Oh, right? yeah, we call and it. So two the spirit. rest of the yeah, some call mm-hmm. it two spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you yeah, well you you're on the western side. Like my friends in Oregon, yeah. they call he, they call it the two spirit, but his group call it the third gender, which is close but not the same thing. Yeah. But so I was interviewing him as that. Is so there he was third gender. I said, "Look, I'm trying not to be insensitive here, okay? <laughs> but uh I'm just a dumb straight American white guy." <laughs> and he said, "Oh, don't worry about it, man. Some of my best <laughs> friends are dumb straight American white guys." And <laughs> <laughs> and so after that we totally got along he's one of the greatest dudes in the world yeah yeah and and but but he sings in his native tongue opera style yeah it's the yeah. wildest weirdest i'm like that is so cool it's like the first time i heard sig oh uh, yeah i was like what is this and then when i, I just i remember listening to jeremy that first time I was like oh my whoa what you know and we, I just, I could listen to that guy for hours. I just yeah. love the guy's work. I, okay, yeah. you sound nothing like the guy, but you know, there you are, your first American, <laughs> just like him. And um, so, all right, I, I do want to bring that up, okay? Because I, I have, a, I have a personal bone to pick here, and I'm not trying to bring you into the fight, but I'm just going to explain it, okay? Okay. So I was, I'm, I was raised Mormon, and. Um, I don't know if you know that much about Mormonism. If you were out in Alberta, you'd know everything about us. But yeah, I don't. I'm gonna be honest. We have this crazy mythological lie that had been espoused from the the founder of the religion. He claimed that the Native Americans, or the first Americans, were this group of people descendant of the House of Israel from some guy named Lehi, who who cut out of Jerusalem 600 years before Jesus Christ came and he came to America with his family and started, you know, reproducing and all this. And that's where all the native Americans come from this. Right. And they're called Lamanites and they're, they're, they're a house of Israel and all that. And this is Mormon belief. Like this is what the book of Mormon is all about. And So they they went and integrated into all these cultures and sent missionaries there like all white Christian religions do. And they Mm -hmm. said, here, man, this is your people. This is who you are. This is your history. And so they told them these this this fabricated myth that that's who these people were. Right. Mm -hmm. And gave them an identity that wasn't true. 
Yeah. And in the last several years, the DNA went through and they, they tested all these like 5,000 different groups of people of the quote, first Americans all through Latin America, all the way up through Alaska and Canada. And there's not a drop of Middle Eastern blood to have appeared until Columbus got here. Right. So it kind of ruins that, but all these Mormon people who were you know first american they, they 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 get this and then it just destroys them to say i was lied to about my nation for so long about my ethnicity and who i really was it's still just some made-up fantasy by some crook you know mm-hmm. and so that's my personal bone to pick and then i was reading your story and i was mm-hmm. like damn it this this is amazing you 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 went and you went out on your own to find that. You want to talk about that now that I rambled on about <laughs> my own personal religious issues here. Go ahead, please talk about it because it was wonderful when I when I I learned that about you. So go ahead. Um, are, are we talking about the sixty scoop? Yes, yes. yes you yes. and and you finding out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, yeah, just, just yeah. what it said. Um, gosh, yeah. That's a that's a that's a biggie. So um, I always knew that I was a native, and I always knew that I was adopted because I'd been adopted several times and I'd gone through the foster care system. But um, I had always been told that my mother was an alcoholic and that she couldn't care for me or my brothers, whom I was taken away with, also, and we were separated. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that uh, this came to light, and my mother sent me this link. And it was, uh, it was really hard for me to apply because I had to tell my story and I had to prove my story. And um, I did so, of course, you know, me the very last minute and then my application was accepted. Um, but, uh, you know, just learning that history and, I mean, there's just been so much BS that has gone on and the, and the genocide that you just add this on top Um, it was heartbreaking and mostly because, um, my mother and my father both passed before I was able to be reunited with them. And that's a heavy story. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's big. Yeah. And, and so you were, but you were able to go and I, and, and to identify as first American, I I guess, and learn who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I've gotten to meet um, my family and uh, such a rich uh, culture and history, and um, it really has solidified all of the things that I felt that I never had uh, a name for or a place for, and um, I feel like I've found my home now, and um, yeah, I've been lost for a really long time, and I've been searching for a really long time. So uh, it's been a beautiful bridge and um, my family has welcomed, my birth family has welcomed me with open arms. And uh, I mean, my mom came from a family 18. I had over 600 nephews and nieces by the time I found my my family. Yes. So, I mean, I have not met everybody um, and I'm still looking for one sister, actually. There's one sister um, we have yet to find. So. Like uh-huh. a, yeah. a direct blood sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I think there was, gosh, so I've met four of my siblings, so there was six of us all together. Yeah, so one to go, and she's somewhere in Quebec, apparently. Oh, right, yeah, go uh, in my yeah. old redneck of the woods there. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. And, and as we joked around earlier, how you have rednecks are, they're universal, <laughs> you know. You um, sure are. 
So you know who Lorena McKennett is then? I don't. You don't know who Lorena McKennett is? I don't. I'm so I'm ashamed. She's one of those Canadian gems. She's a she's a a vocalist, a harpist. Uh, She sings old Celtic music and just world music. She's big. She like when she was out on tour, she had like half of Peter Gabriel's people there and all that. Wow. But um, (laughs) I know it's terrible. So when when I lived in Paris and she came through to play a concert, actually, I was her translator that night completely by accident. It just so happened to be that um, I was there and I speak French and German and there were all these people. So I, I, I earlier in the day, I ended up getting tickets and she gave me a backstage pass and everything and mm-hmm. anyway so i'm backstage and so she'd be like hey jeremy get over here you know because some people could speak english to her and then she, she you know yeah, but uh yeah. there was one girl there she's like can you come over and talk to help me out with this one jeremy so i went and i sat down and there was this girl probably about 15 and just sobbing <gasps> and she was explaining through me, I was translating it for her and I was crying over this, but she realized she had to, she accepted the fact that she wasn't, she wasn't even French, but she Mm. was Breton and her, she was 100% Celt out of this small corridor of Celtic France. And she was, they had stripped her the Celtic language from them for a while and all of that. And then she realized yeah. that was who she was. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Lorena, being from Canada, too, she didn't speak in any French. She's like, Jeremy, come over here. So <laughs> I was translating for her. And yeah. this this girl was telling Lorena, look, this is where I came to know my my true identity. And mm-hmm. your music was instrumental in that. Uh, and so, and she's just crying because Laurie McKenna is just a very powerful musician yeah. a, a, anyway. And, mm. but this girl was just, just like, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a very religious, almost self-affirming uh, experience. And I was mm. like, yeah, I'm just some guy here translating for you. And I'm all <laughs> cracked. You know, like, oh my so, gosh. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. so when when I was reading that about your story there. Come on, tell us your nation. Tell us a little bit about that. Who are you? Yeah, so I'm Ojibwe and I'm from Whitefish River First Nations and we're on the north side of Manitoulin Island. And yeah, I was born in a little town uh called Little Current. Um but my family is um pretty much from around like the whole island. Um it's a beautiful spot, rich, very rich um you know, native history. It's actually a lot of things that I'm I'm not allowed to talk about <laughs> from uh, my family. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I again, like, well, like you and I talked about Tanish earlier. Um, I just I thought that was really funny because, and you said no, we're on the other side, so we probably wouldn't get along. I was just so. Uh, uh, the character Tannis in the show Letterkenny, she's mm. she's half Mohawk, Quebecois, and she's really <laughs> violent and aggressive and beautiful. But man, you know, she goes around <laughs> being dudes up. 
So, uh, and, and you're like, no, 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 I'm not. I said, well, I don't know, man, most Mohawk women, you're like, I'm not Mohawk, you know? So <laughs> I was like, man, the Mohawk women are tough. So I, I did. Oh, so, okay. Well, uh, no, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, they, they are, they are tough. That's uh yeah. <laughs> it's an understatement. Well, I just, I just remember when I, I, so when the, the Mohawks got into a dispute with the Canadian government and then they went and shut down the, the freeways going through Mohawk territory, you remember that right back in. And so, and I was going to go try and visit my friends that were in the Mohawk side. Right. Hmm. And, and I got stopped right there on the freeway. They had like trucks out there and bulldozers and dudes with machine guns. And I was like, uh, hello. And like, you know, where are you going? I was, and I showed them my passport. I'm like, look, I'm American. I'm just trying to go visit friends. They said, show us and give us an address. And I showed them the address and they let me through. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go messing with these dudes. who got these machine guns like that, you know? <gasps> uh, but that's man, the Mohawks. No, they shut down an entire strip of freeway out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They wouldn't let yeah. anybody through, but they got the, the Canadian government's, attention very quickly yeah yeah um, yeah yeah we were more of the um the peacekeepers the ojibwe <laughs> well you didn't have to deal with the french as much i guess right so that that seems to frustrate people and make them want to get violent <laughs> Ooh, the burn <laughs> hey hey i can rip on the french all i want because they're my people you know so um so okay uh dagger what a song man like (laughs) let's talk about your songwriting habits here okay please all right want like a bee sting dagger in my heart okay look look so they're they're simple lyrics okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) but man they're complex they're simple (laughs) lyrics but the subject matter is very complex i'm like it's simple it's cute it rhymes and it's pretty ass violent so let's hear it what's (laughs) let's talk about that one young lady oh well you know it's it's funny i think that all my songs are very uh self-explanatory um yeah, I, I really don't know what there is to say. It's, um, you know, it's about someone really breaking your heart. No, I wouldn't say uh, <laughs> breaking, more like stabbing you. Yes, well, viciously, doesn't yes. that what, isn't that what it feels like? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, wow, that was quite the... Uh, I mean, okay, I was, I was, there was one who, uh, I, I completely misconstrued the lyrics. <laughs> I, I totally got this one out, like wrong, bad, completely screwed. Um, it said, let's see, take me behind, you know, let's go in, lock the door, hit me like you've never hit me before. And I was like, man, that's like violent. Are you like BDSM? She's like, no, it was about drugs, man. I was taking a real bad hit from drugs. I'm like, oh, (laughs) so so this one, was it like you just got screwed over, broke your heart, stabbed you in the heart? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. You know, it's just about, you know, someone pulling you in and uh, taunting you and kind of stringing you along and then. yeah, leaving you for the dust. Leaving you for the dust. So, like, <laughs> so is this? This is really how your songs start writing, basically, is what you're saying. You just say, 
I have this really unpleasant thought. I want to get it out there, but not actually tell people this is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Again, though, you know, all songs are open to interpretation. Oh, I can, yes, interpretation, I, it, yes. It's pretty crazy. I, I wrote a song, I remember I recorded it on my iPhone, and I played it for about five of my friends and every single one of them said, Oh my God, did you write that song for me? And all I could think was how in God's green earth did they think I wrote this song <laughs> about them? Um, yeah. So I think that I like to really leave it open to interpretation and let people, you know, take what they want from the songs. Cause I think it'll be more meaningful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all, all right. <laughs> So, so, okay. No, I'm, I'm just, so anyway, is the album out there for everybody to hear yet? Or am I the lucky guy who's been able to listen to it? No, it's been out for uh, just over a month now. Okay. Cause I, I just got a couple of days ago. And wow. I, really? Yes. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's no, kind of like, fabulous. Like, like, like 20 minutes before I started bombing your Facebook page. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's a good thing. Okay, so have you have you played live shows before, by the way, or uh, are you not really? I have played maybe a couple of handful of shows in my life. Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, is yeah. it something you is it something you want to start trying to do? Yeah, oh I, yeah, I for sure. The, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I love playing music. Um, I think being in the in the recording studio is my most favorite because I'm very shy and private. Um, but at the same time, when I play music for people and when I have played live for people and connecting with them and making people cry, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, um, I could live for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Abuse us. Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a dark side to me. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So here, here's, okay. This is. This is the, the the joke, you know, the many faces of Darth Vader, and then there's the <laughs> there's the many phases of Mattis and Wayne here. Um, that couch got a lot of you time. I'm looking at all the pictures. I'm like, same couch, different outfit. Oh, uh, what were, was uh, that I, just, you, you? You guys didn't have any other any other places to photograph you oh or what? Oh gosh, you know, with... it's funny because uh, I dragged that. Oh, wait, couch by the way, to all the listeners in her press kit. There's like 30 photos and over half of them are on the same sofa. She's just wearing a different outfit on uh, each one. So. Yeah, well, I um, I found that couch at Value Village probably when I was uh, 30 years old. And I don't want to date myself, but let me tell you, I have moved four times and I have dragged that couch around with me. It's about, you know, it's like a really long couch, like 10 feet. It's a pain in the butt. Um, but I had envisioned me doing my record, like the, the cover of my record on that, on that couch. And so it's uncomfortable <laughs> to sit on. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a pain in the ass to move, but we carried it around and finally we were able to use it in the photo shoot. So we used it. Uh, I didn't know all the pictures were going to be used in the press kit. I was okay. just looking for that one shot for the cover of the record. But people loved the pictures so much, we decided to just throw them in the press kit. You know, they were done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, no green couch in the next uh, photo shoot. I was like, well, I, do you still have the couch? I, guess, I do. And uh, I'm putting okay. it up for sale. Mm -hmm. 
We're done. We're done. <laughs> you just we're want done. it for the album cover. I did. I did. I lugged that thing around. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Bobby wanted to wring my neck a couple times over that couch. Oh, he definitely it's, did. It's like this. Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> the, 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 it's a Napoleonic looking. You, you'd have seen it in Napoleon's house. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, Versailles, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely uncomfortable, but a beautiful couch. And I'm like, man, she's like, same pose, different outfit. Okay, is it like, I was like, is it just like, okay, stay in that position. We'll just, we'll just Photoshop a new outfit onto you there. Um, oh, geez. Uh, so, no, note to self, more diversity in the next photo shoot. <laughs> So I enjoyed this song, Never Give In. Again, that was one that just kind of took me <laughs> rolling around. I, I love jumping around on subjects yeah, because it yeah, catches yeah, you off guard. <laughs> um, Never Give In. Mm-hmm. Talk about that one. Let's hear well, it. Well, uh, you know, again, I think it's really, <laughs> really self-explanatory. The next one I'm going to ask you, I'm going to bring up one very uncomfortable line going, where the hell did you put that? <laughs> Come up with that to put in a song. So so I'm letting you off easy right now and talk uh-huh. about Never mm-hmm, Give In. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think you might know the line I'm coming up with. You know what? I, I actually, I don't. So you're going to you're gonna definitely surprise me. Um, but again, that is one of the songs that people um, interpreted is in that about so me? many <laughs> different ways. Um and uh yeah it was about so. me right it was about me <laughs> definitely it was about someone i had never met and uh yeah mm-hmm. well yeah <laughs> i'm not spilling my secrets <laughs> you're not spilling your secrets i'm not so. spilling my secrets no no um so this 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 one kind of goes along with the the, the 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 letter kenny conversation we had a bit earlier um <laughs> then as the whole, I mean, okay, is is they have no filters there, and, mm-hmm. and when the women's hockey team were insulting each other and all that, brilliant scenes, wonderful insults. Actually, I think those guys are some of the best insult writers ever <laughs> yeah. on no that kidding. show. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, but uh, actually, so wait, wait, on your side of the, of the country, when they call someone a Dutchman, right, or a Dutch, yeah, Dutchman, does that is that to you? Does that mean somebody's really ass tall? No. Okay, what what does it mean to you guys? I, you know I, like, I there's Canadian slang. I, yeah. I, there's a lot that there's a lot I'm unfamiliar with. So that that's not one that I I, I actually know, and it's uh, okay. ever been in my circle. No. Okay, because like for me, like seriously, my whole world of Canada was you know a little bit outside going to Moncton. We went out through yes. PEI and all that. You yeah. know, oh yeah, the Moncton story. But um, <laughs> I went out to PEI, and then I've been to. Toronto popped in, you know, but like I haven't really experienced Canada like I did. Like I lived in French Canada, right? I mean, I was yeah. living there. Yeah. And so I remember we went out to some B&B on PEI once and they're watching this TV show called This Hour Has 22 Minutes. Okay. And I was like, what are they? They're speaking English, but I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And oh. they, uh, like, my friends were just laughing at everything they said. And I'm like, whoa, what are they talking about? You know, <laughs> and, but you know what it is, right? It's the, you know, Canadian mock news TV show that you was. No, I've just... never seen it. You've this, never this, seen this no, hour as 22 this hour, minutes? No, no, I'm not a TV person. 
Oh God! Well, yeah. I I I wasn't because I didn't have one when I lived there in Montreal, right? Yeah, but yeah. This we were just in the B and B watching it. They were <laughs> thinking it was hilarious, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but again, it's, it's Canadian humor sometimes, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, important. This will be your the cultural question for you. To you, what is moose juice to you and in, in your area? What would that be? Oh, geez. Uh, again, that's not one that I'm familiar with. I'm coming up with some pretty disturbing images, but uh, I'm gonna go clean and just say uh, some booze. <laughs> right, it's some booze, but you don't know. Okay, so um, when I was there, I, I learned about moose juice. Is it and moonshine? It's different for. It's yes, it's a moonshine, but it's it's for like it it, it changes depending on which area you're in, right? Sometimes okay. it could be a rum, sometimes it could be a beer, it could be oh. you know hooch, it could be anything. Okay. Yeah. And but the, so everyone says be very careful when you go into a bar there in Canada and and they have moose juice on there. You better ask what it is first. <laughs> um, so, but. Well, when I was here, they, they had the bathtub vodka taste off, and I thought, "What in the what the he- what, yeah, what uh, in the heck is that?" Well, so in all these uh, during the Cold War, all those all these Russians would come over the North Side, and they'd show up in the mining communities up there and say they wanted asylum, right? Okay. And so then they'd fly them down. So that's where all these Russians and Ukrainians and everything ended up in Toronto area. And they brought with them all their uh, vodka brewing with it. And and they would brew in their bathtubs, right? Really? And so, yeah. So they, they so there was a term bathtub vodka. that, And I thought that sounds absolutely horrible. Was and, it like 80 uh, proof? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know what color it would be, right? And then... Uh, <laughs> But a buddy of mine, he used to fly joint ops with the Canadian Air Force, and he mm-hmm. said, uh, "He said, oh yeah, man, they'd show up with that stuff. It was crazy. They'd like bring it out on joint ops." And I, he said, it's, "It's worse than it sounds." I'm like, "You mean you drank it?" And he said, "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> and then we would use it to clean the fuel lines oh, with my our gosh. fires. <laughs> I believe that. And, and he said, "Yeah, so that's like pretty popular up there in Canada is their bathtub vodka, Ooh, and or wow. at least in some of those places, but." Uh, <laughs> Other places, moose juice is a rum, you know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now back to the uh, difficult stuff. The song One Shot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the song One Shot and the line, you can undress me with your eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, that's a pretty, like, that's a seductive. Yeah. In your face, kind of. Uh, I mean, it's the flip side, right? Like, what are you waiting for <laughs> to think of? Or are you expecting something? Or I'm gonna pull a tannis on you and kick your ass. <laughs> you know, what was? Ooh. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a side of me. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just a certain side of me that I don't really let loose very often. So I think. Writing a song like that, I get to uh, I get to show that side of <laughs> that side of myself. Um, yeah, it was it's meant to be a sexy, sultry song. Come hither, you know, seductive. But I, I felt like yeah, but it's like come here. But I got this knife here. If you just wanna, if <laughs> if you're if you if you don't toe the line, you know the blade's coming out. Okay, that was that was what I got. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness! Right, so no, like, no. Hey, you, 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 you've got one shot to get this right, and yeah, if you really. piss me off, it's all over. Right? I'm, I'm the, the female praying mantis here oh, gonna kill you. Oh gosh, no, not at all. No, no. I'm no. you know very very sweet girl. You know, it's just you know it's just me looking across the room. It's like you know you got one shot at me, and uh, yeah, you, you better make it worth it. That's about it. So you can undress me with your eyes. Well, um, okay then. Uh, yeah, I have I have a lot of different sides. Okay, yeah, but you're not a Tannis then, or maybe you are. Maybe, maybe there is a Tannis in there, just uh, aching to to break through. So uh, yeah. Um, so in in the writing of your music, then. Oh, by the way, everybody, go to the band camp. You got to get into that. I mean, she's just. Oh, uh, let's see. Wait, we got Bandcamp, we got Spotify, and you're mm -hmm. up on Apple Music now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I'm everywhere. So, the only problem is, is is the spelling of my name. Because, you know, phonetically, Madison Wayne, it sounds really nice, but I, I just had to go and make up a, you know, a wonky spelling. So, oh, spell so that's not spelling. really how your name is spelled. That's not even my real name. No, I, I just made that name up. Oh, Oh right yeah. Then. Oh yeah. I will, I will never give you my legal name. <laughs> Although if we've your, emailed, your, your real name. <laughs> I have it's many. nowhere. It's nowhere near as interesting. As this, oh, right? I no, no. I chose Madison after going through, um, well, you know, so I, I actually was Leanne and I couldn't stand it. And I dropped the, I dropped everything but the L. So I was just L for a while. And I went with my middle name, which was Rebecca, but I spelled it, you know, R-H-E-B-B-E-C-K-A-J, all weird. That didn't stick. So I went to uh, Montana, Mercedes, Morgan, and then Madison came one day and it stuck. It took it me stuck. It stuck. And it took me about 10 years to realize that I'd stolen the name off of Splash, you know, Daryl Hannah. Tom yeah, Hanks. Or, or, yes. or that shithole town in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, or that. <laughs> Um, but I wouldn't pick the last I wouldn't pick my last name until uh, 10 years, 10 years. So I was just Madison for 10 years. And then uh, I was with a band in a bar and they're introducing me and they're like, Madison, what? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't picked out my last name yet. And the guy across the bar was in the band. He's like, God, pick a pick a last name. I'm like, well, you pick one for me. And he's like, Madison Wang. But I heard Wayne. And, uh, you know, he was kind of making fun. And I thought it just sounded phonetically beautiful. So I took that name and spelt it all whacked out. W-H-A-J-N-E. <laughs> I'm like, the J is uh -huh. silent. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. That That's the Swedish spelling of it, you know. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, totally. it's, it's, it's something. Yeah, right? But yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Well, so let's see. Madison, Wisconsin and Fort Wayne, Indiana. Both <gasps> places are Funny. total... They're total shitholes, by the way. So. Oh, well, uh, let me elevate them. <laughs> oh, so, no, let's see. But there, there was uh, Milwaukee. Uh, if you ever saw Wayne's World Part Two, that movie where <laughs> I'm sure where I had did. Alice Cooper, they're, they're sitting there backstage with Alice Cooper, and they're like, Alice Cooper, he's like, actually, it comes from the old Native American word, Miliwake, meaning place of many flat waters. Oh. And they're all like, yeah, you know, they're like looking like Alice Cooper isn't cool, you know. I mean, that was, you know, yeah. but uh, you know, Milwaukee, like, I've been through a lot of places in Wisconsin, man. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> Milwaukee. Like, that was the third most corrupt city in America. Really? 
Huh. Yeah. So yeah, but but that's nothing like Madison, which is also probably a hole, but nothing like you know. Why, why am I ripping on that? I never spent a lot of time in Madison, Wisconsin. But, <laughs> um, well, well. So so the, the joke is, I'm a big polka fan, right? And mm-hmm. um, I I had uh, one of my one of my crew. He's in uh, Minneapolis. And I said, yeah, I totally want to go and compete in the polka championships, right? <laughs> and he says, oh, I'd go to that, man. Wisconsin's just over the river. I'm like, he knows, you know. So. <laughs> probably, probably not a lot of polka where you're at up there. In, uh, no, no, I wouldn't say so. Well, you, you do live by Hutterite country, but those guys don't polka, I'm betting, so. <laughs> I don't imagine. Right? Yeah, you don't you don't think they're they're, they're polka and so um so uh let's see save my heart. You know, you give some fabulous fabulous uh oh hang on one second. <laughs> I will have to uh I'll have to do that when I when I get off here. So, um the visuals hmm. that I got Hmm. And save my heart. I love the winding guitar. Yeah. Okay. And the layered piano. The layered piano work in there is just like, it's like kind of like the Beatles, a day in the life (sighs) pianos. Nice. Layered. (laughs) And if you know the band editors, it kind of has some of that Mm. in there. And then the winding guitar, like some water boys and stuff. Yeah, Um, it's James. Even some. Even like the way Lou Reed finished off yes. uh, Magic and Loss is like, oh, beautiful. So oh, that that one, that one blew me away. Loved it. Okay. Thank it you. was just, just a wonderful song. Thank you. Okay. It did not, it's almost as good as When Morning Comes. Yeah. Yeah. Same but, vibe. But the, the visuals it gave me were like walking down the side of a steep hill on the steps, you know, like they had steps mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. on a very wet, in the rain oh, kind of those visuals and then the other side of it kind of came i don't know if you saw that movie jojo rabbit but no. where he's going up and down the hill with his mom and i just like that came in a little bit too so hmm. um I, I i get weird visuals watching watching the sounds in, yeah. in, in the music yeah, so. <laughs> that's amazing yeah, I love that. out of it. yeah it was yeah. really i mean that was amazing i mean did you write the music for that too yeah. or oh yeah yeah Yes, I did. Well, so you you just like you're That's a one stop a- shop. You do it all. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's actually an, an old song uh, that I wrote for uh, a band that James and I had called More More More, and I loved the I loved the chords. I mean, I'm a I'm the three chord queen, <laughs> and I use the same three chords in almost every song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hey, just, you I, two didn't take on the fourth chord until about the third record. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. You know, I've been writing, and I'm really, I'm really trying to get away from the three chord song. I really I don't think am. Lou. I don't think Lou managed. I mean, Lou was a you know, <laughs> Lou was like, I don't need crazy and you know whatever guitar work. I just need to know. I mean, he he took one guitar lesson. And the guy showed him how to play three, four chords, and he's like, yeah. "Okay, I'm done." Like he's yeah. like, "I'm not going to sit here and learn to play row, row, row your boat." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and he exactly. said, "I learned my chords and I left." Right, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and then he he influenced everybody in the universe. Oh gosh, after of course. That, so. Oh, of course, yeah. But yeah, that was just uh, I reworked an old song and came up with a with a new melody. I came up with that little uh, that little piano did ditty. 
Um, yeah. And then James came in. That's what I love about James. You know, I just, I played him, I played him the song on the organ and, you know, within five minutes he came up with that guitar and, and that was it. We didn't touch it after that. I was like, we're done. And, uh, wow. we actually had a chorus. We actually had mm -hmm. a chorus and we took it out. So do, do you have a recording of that that I could get my hands on just no. my own self? Oh, you know what? It's <laughs> People ask that. I might have to do a version. No, no. We, uh, you know, no, we no, sang no. it. Don't we... share it with anybody. Just let me have it. <laughs> you me, know what? Me, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we've got some like rough demo somewhere. If I ever find it, I would be happy to send it to you. But yeah, oh, no. I, well, no, I'm, I'm the greedy bastard. I want all, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I I've been called like, like I've been called the greedy, but like you are the greedy bastard. Like, yeah, I want it all right. Oh. You know, if, bad mixes and demo and what, like, oh, um, what? I have demoitis. I love our demos so much. I had a really hard time, uh, swallowing the masters. And well, like, uh, yes. Okay. I get yeah. that. Ooh, yeah. I so get that. But you know who, <laughs> so, okay. I, I, there's a, you know who Annie Lennox is, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I interviewed yeah. her daughter, Lola, and, and so I got all of Lola's demos, right? Or, oh. or at least all that were relatively completed, you know? Wow. And, and, and her, her publishers gave them to me and I was listening to them and I was like, oh, these are amazing. You know, and then in the <laughs> interview, I'm talking to her because I interviewed her and she was like, um, I can't talk about those. I'm like, why not? She says, they're not ready for human consumption. I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? These are songs to die for. So I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do with them. I'm like, you, if the, you, you release them, that's what you do with them, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I mean, Lola Lennox, man, look, look her up. She's yeah. like as amazing as her mother. Wow. She is as incredible as her mom. That's so, amazing. I'm going to. Yeah. Cool. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm trying to 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 weasel my way into your music collection. <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm doing a very good job of it. Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a happy sharer. I'm an oversharer, as my friends say. So. <laughs> well, you have my four one one. So you know, share yeah, the you, love. Yeah, you got it. You got especially it. Especially that one that saved my heart. So actually, um, we're we're coming up on time. So I am mm -hmm. going to play us out with that one. Oh, nice. Um, because it's it's like the day in the life, not quite as heavy, depressing, but just beautiful um, oh. version. Oh, it's just save my heart, everyone. We're going to be playing out with it. Hey, what else do you want us to play? Um, I'm going to be playing a couple songs underneath during the show. But, okay. Uh, what What do you got that you, you really absolutely want me to put on here? Oh, somewhere? my gosh. You know, that is so hard. I love them all so much for different reasons. And I wrote them all at such different periods in my life. Um, you know, I freaking love Don't Walk Away. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Is that is that like the best song on the record? Um, well, Dagger and Sweet There is the best song on the record. It's all good. So. Um, uh, you know what? One uh, shot. I'll, I love one okay, shot. Okay, I'll kick it. Okay, everybody, you, you you heard one shot at the very beginning. That's what oh, we played. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, they'll put that in there. So, um, well, oh. Madison, this has been awesome. It's you're been you're a, just a fun person to talk to, and I'm like, wow, we've 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 burned an hour on this. <laughs> we did, and did I feel the same? So, everybody, go look up. Oh, by the way, everybody, the conversation we had earlier today was much crazier than I mean, we were. <laughs> That was a crazy conversation. So, um, all right, everybody, go look her up. Uh, M A D I S Y N. 
W-H-A-J-N-E. She did make it difficult. Uh, <laughs> almost like if she was in Utah and her parents gave her that kind of a name. Because in Utah, we love spelling people's names badly. So, uh, Madison Wayne, everybody. You could uh, M-A-D-I-S-Y-N-W-H-A-J-N-E. You'll find her. She's got everything, website, Facebook, Bandcamp, Spotify, it's all out there, but those links will also be here in the interview oh, segment. Amazing. So, thank you. Uh, thank you. So, uh, <laughs> I would also really like to thank the band, uh, James Gray, Bobby Boulot, and Jay McBride. Uh, this record definitely wouldn't be what it is without them, and I'm really, really thankful. All right, everybody. Uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, we tie this one up there, Madison? I don't think so. I would uh, like to thank you. You were incredible. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. And uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Okay. So, we, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And and you got to go listen to Lorena McKennett. Yes, I do. I've been making notes. As we okay, were good. talking, and that is the one I did not get down, and now I have it. Okay, so I will go check that so, out. Thank you. All right, everybody. So <laughs> uh, thanks for listening in, and thank you for everything, Madison. And everybody else, take care, be good to each other, and let music do awesome in your lives. up this episode this week with Madison Wayne again the album Save Our Hearts just came out and uh, look at the links here below and go enjoy her music it's rather fantastic special thanks to Madison for appearing on this podcast and again special thanks to Barry Andrews of Shriekback for letting us use the theme and title of Sticky Jazz good night everyone 